You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome again to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It is great to be in worship with you this morning. We continue our sermon series looking at the book of Acts, discovering and reminding ourselves why we are better together. Last Sunday, Randy gave a great sermon about keeping the important things, the important things, and how that brings unity to the church. Today, we're going to look at another passage. Actually, it's the founding of the first church outside of Palestine in a big city called Antioch. It's also the first time that Christians are referred to as Christians. And so this is a momentous time in the early church. Let us open our hearts and our minds to God's word coming from Acts 11, verses 19 through 26. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except Jews. But... Among them were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene who, on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists also, proclaiming the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number became believers and turned to the Lord. News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced, and he exhorted them to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for an entire year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious, loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher, that you might speak a word to our hearts that only you can speak. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My favorite rock and roll band is the Hold Steady, and they have a line in one of their songs that goes like this, people call me Circuit City because I'm so well connected. And that line just makes me chuckle every time I hear it. There's something true about it, though. Some people are just so well connected. They're just natural connectors. They find it easy to make friends and acquaintances. Everywhere they go, they know people. There are some people who are just natural connectors. In his book, The Tipping Point, How Little Things Make a Big Difference, Malcolm Gladwell tells the story of a 1967 study called The Six Degrees of Separation. It was done by the social psychologist Stanley Milgram. And what he did is he sent 160 letters to folks in Nebraska. And he gave them the name of a stockbroker in Boston. And they were to write their name on the letter and then to write the address of a friend or acquaintance and send the letter to their friend and acquaintance and instruct them to try to get the letter to this fella in Boston. And so they did that. And what they discovered, it took on average five to six connections to get those letters from Nebraska to the stockbroker in Boston. It's this theory that human beings are connected within six degrees of separation. This is how we get the great party game, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. 
that you can connect any actor or movie within six moves, six links, and get to Kevin Bacon. Maybe the most surprising finding in this study was that just three friends of the stockbroker accounted for over half of the letters getting to him. Three friends, over 80 letters getting to him. These people are known as connectors. They're connectors that actually make the theory of six degrees possible. Connectors seem to know everyone. They're sociable and gregarious. They find it easy to to make and keep friends and acquaintances. And I believe Barnabas was a connector. We could call him Circuit City because he's so well connected. Let me set the scene for Barnabas' ministry as a connector. Just before our passage, Stephen has proclaimed the word powerfully, but he pays the ultimate price and gives up his life as a martyr. And everyone flees Jerusalem, and the church scatters, and some go to Phoenicia, and some to Cyprus, and even as far as Antioch. Initially, they just shared the message with Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But in Antioch, something interesting happens. Folks from Cyprus and Cyrene, they begin to share it with what are called the Hellenists, and what we think the Hellenists are are probably Greek-speaking Gentiles. So they're not Jews. But they hear the message, the good news of what God has done in Jesus Christ, and they believe too. And their lives are transformed. And word gets back to the disciples in Jerusalem and say, they say, we have got to see this for ourselves. And so they send Barnabas, this great connector, to Antioch. Now, Antioch was an impressive city in the ancient world. Over 500,000 people were citizens there in Antioch. The Jewish Roman Historian Josephus says that Antioch was the third city of the empire after Rome and Alexandria. It was known as a beautiful city. You know how like New York City is known as the the city that never sleeps? Antioch was known as the beautiful city. It was famous. It had this huge paved boulevard that bisected the city running north to south. It was known for its beautiful architecture and these gorgeous buildings. It was a sophisticated place. It sat at the crossroads of commerce and culture. And that's where the good news, the message of what God had done in Jesus Christ gets a foothold and people begin to believe it transforms this community. And the disciples say, we must see this for ourselves. And so they send Barnabas. They send Barnabas because he's so good at connecting people. Verse 23, when he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced. And exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion. Barnabas was an encourager. In fact, his name means son of encouragement. Don't you love being around people who are encouragers? Who connect people by encouraging? Several years ago, I remembered, um, you know, I, I just realized I was getting so affected by negative emails I would receive. I'd get a negative like email complaining or criticizing and I just, I, all I could think, I would just obsess about it. I'd lay awake at night thinking about the negative emails. And you know what I did with the positive emails I got, the encouraging emails? I'd say, oh, thanks and delete it and move on. <laughs> and I realized I needed to have a different strategy. So I started, I, I, I made this like little folder in my inbox, in my email, and it's called encouragement. And anytime I get a compliment or encouraging email, I put it there and I save it for a rainy day when I'm down in the dumps and I go back and I say, oh, you are not as bad as you think you are. 
So people, people appreciated you. There's encouragement. You've forgotten about that story, what that happened. Now, I will tell you, I do keep the negative emails in another folder, but I'm not going to tell you what I call that folder. <laughs> it's so easy for us to get focused in on the negativity. And Barnabas is a man of encouragement. We need people who encourage us. The pastor, Bruce Larson, wrote a book called Wind and Fire about the book of Acts. And he has this interesting analogy in it, the analogy of the church to a community of sand hill cranes. They travel great distances, multiple continents even. They fly together. And there's three features of, of, of what they do and how they um, kind of fly together. Number one, they rotate leadership. The same bird isn't the leader the whole time. They rotate. The second, the leaders are known to be able to withstand turbulence. And there's a third feature, maybe the most important, that while there's a leader up there, the rest of the sand hill cranes honk their encouragement. They honk along to encourage the leader. We can do this. Go, keep going. We need these encouragers in our lives. We need people like Barnabas who connect one another by encouraging. I'd encourage you this afternoon, take a minute just to write a note, send an email of encouragement to somebody. Surprise them. We need encouragers in our lives. Second, Barnabas helps us stay connected by, by living and inhabiting the same story. Luke, the writer of Acts, highlights this fact. He says that the new believers with Barnabas, they, they, they remain faithful to the Lord with, what does he say? Steadfast devotion. Barnabas and these people agree that Jesus Christ is the Lord of history. The Lord of history. Lord of the story, the author of the story of our lives and of our world. When I was in seminary, it was fashionable at the time, people talked a lot about what they called narrative theology. People were talking about that we are born into a story. We have our family story, we have a church story, we, we even have a, a world story. I remember I was talking to a doctoral candidate one time and he said, have you read Robert Covered's Nomos and Narrative? And I said, I haven't, but I did. And he was this Yale legal scholar, and he says that we are all born into a story. He says, and we can't make decisions about law and what's legal or not legal if we don't know the stories we're a part of. Stories play an important role in our lives. In fact, I would define, in some ways, post-modernity as a movement that calls into question the dominant stories in our culture. That's what post-modernity is. And here in Antioch, in the first century, Barnabas comes together with these new converts and says, we are part of the same story. That God has created, redeemed, and sustained the world in Jesus Christ. And they heard this as good news. These people living in sophisticated Antioch had their lives and community transformed. We're connected in a common story. Third, connectors are all about connecting others. So connectors bring other people together. And a great many people were brought to the Lord, verse 25. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. Now, if you read various commentators on this passage, one of the great questions, they're like, why did Barnabas go to Tarsus to get Saul, who would eventually be Paul, and bring him back? Why'd he do it? See, what had happened is, is Saul had been in Jerusalem and he was preaching, then he had his life threatened. So then he fled Jerusalem and went back home to Tarsus. That's where he's from. And we think he spent about six or seven years there until Barnabas goes and gets him. And to all these commentators are like, why does Barnabas go and get, get, get Saul to come bring him to Antioch? And I'm like, man, have you ever met a connector? 
When they experience something great, something good, they want to sh- bring other people and show them, introduce them. Like how many people, like, you've had a great meal at table in Maine, and then you're like, don't tell anyone. You know, or you see the, the courier with Benedict Cumberbatch, you like love the movie, and you're like, don't, don't, don't let anybody else see it. No, whenever you experience something beautiful or good or delightful, we want to get other people in. You got to see this for yourself. And Barnabas is connecting Paul to this community in Antioch. And fourth, we're connected by the same identity. I love this. So it was that for that entire year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. They're first called Christians. They found a common identity in Jesus Christ. As Presbyterians, we, we have a special kind of language that we use for this reality. We, we call ourselves, we say we have a, a connectional church. It means that we find our connectivity, our connection in Jesus Christ. We are Christians because of Christ. There's a popular misconception that the church is a voluntary religious association of like-minded individuals. Let me say that again. There's a misconception that the church is a voluntary religious association of like-minded individuals. But that's not really the case. In fact, I was reading C.S. Lewis once wrote a letter to a friend who was talking about this. He says, the church is a gathering, not around shared interests and values, But that misses the point of the biblical story in the New Testament about what the church gathers the church around. He says, the church is the body in which all members, however different, must share the common life, complementing and helping one another precisely by their differences. Let me read that again. The church is the body in which all members, however different, must share the common life, complementing and helping one another precisely by their differences. Being connectional means we are one body, not all the same. We're very diverse. We have different opinions, different views, different perspectives, but we're brought together and united and connected together because of Jesus Christ. And in our differences, it actually makes us stronger. In our diversity, we are better together. In fact, researchers have, in the study of connectors have found that it's not necessarily that connectors have so many friends and acquaintances. It's that they have so many friends and acquaintances from various walks of life, different circles that they know people and that they can connect across these circles. In fact, when a computer scientist calculated the connectedness of about a quarter of a million actors who had been in TV and movies, he found that the most well-connected actor was not Kevin Bacon. You know who it was? It was Rod Steiger. You can go look up who Rod Steiger is. But Rod Steiger, it wasn't that he was in so many movies, but he was in so many diverse movies. He was in westerns and he was in dramas. He won, he was in Oscar winners and he was in flops. But he is the most well-connected. You can connect to him in three moves. Every actor can be connected to Rod Steiger in three moves. Our diversity and our connectedness is a great asset to our community. And we're connected in our diversity because of Jesus Christ. I love that we are a part of a community, a body that is so different. People come from all walks of life, but we find our unity in Jesus Christ. We're better together. After I had 
shortly after I'd come to RPC, Courtney and I were going to a fundraiser in Buckhead and our Uber driver came, picked us up and, you know, I'm like, always like to chat up the Uber driver and it annoys my wife to no end. But anyway, it doesn't stop me. And, and so he's up there and he has kind of an accent. I said, hey man, where are you from? He says, I'm from Kenya. I said, Kenya, really? I said, do you happen to know Zablin? Because I just met Zablin here at RPC, one of our great mission partners from Kenya. And he's, he's driving along. I said, do you know Zablin? He goes, I said, watch the road. And so we had this great car. He said, yes, Zablin's a great friend of mine. You know, we, we had shared all these great stories. He says, oh, I'm going to give you a 10% discount because you know Zablin. I said, this is awesome. And uh, it was so funny. So I told the story at church, like the following Sunday, and no one believed me. Everybody's like, oh, this is one of these pastor stories. So like a month later, <laughs> at the greeting line in the big sanctuary, get my friend, my Uber driver, shows up. And he comes and gives me this huge hug. He's like, we know Zablin. And everybody's standing around going, Jeff, you're not a liar. And I see, I say, I told you so. <laughs> we are connected together from Kenya to Roswell to our Uber driver. We find our unity in Jesus Christ. We're called to connect with one another, to encourage one another, to find meaningful uh, our unity despite our differences. And to remember, it's because of Jesus Christ we are better together. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that we are better together because of what you have done for us in Jesus Christ. Pray that we might be people who encourage, that we might find joy in our diversity and find our unity in you. We thank you for the good news of what you did through your servant Barnabas and that we can carry on that great connecting tradition. In your name we pray, amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.